Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z podcast. I'm your host, Steph Bodrini. This podcast is for everyone who wants to be part of our real estate family and learn commercial real estate investing from A to Z. I'll be sharing with you tips for real estate investing while being mentored by a few people with several years of experience so that you and I can make the least amount of mistakes as possible and succeed a lot faster. My goal is to keep things very straightforward because I value your time and you are here to learn. With that, in the last episode, we continued our conversation on how to invest in industrial properties. And today I will be talking about a project that I have been working on and that closed about a month ago, and I'll be sharing as many details as possible that I can share publicly with you so you can learn how it was done from the beginning and also what is going on up until now. I will break it down into a few episodes because it has been quite a ride so far. And also for you to know that nothing is a straight line. So this property came into my inbox because I have been getting alerts for self-storage properties for sale. It was a portfolio of one self-storage property and three self-serve car washes. It took 84 back and forth email messages plus some phone calls to get all the information that we needed to analyze the property and to agree on a price. And also one year from my first communication with them to the closing. So why did it take a year? Well, let me take you through the entire process. In this episode, I will be focusing on what I requested from the agent and why it took a year to close. So I started reaching out to them exactly in October 31st, 2019, asking for more details on the profit and loss statement. And then from there, sent some questions regarding to the details of some of the expenses, like why there are legal costs, who is running the properties, and things like that. How old are the roofs? Uh, I also asked how much are the self-storage units going for? And obviously that is so I can compare with the neighboring properties and see if there is some upside on increasing rent for the self-storage. I also asked for some tax returns uh, for the last couple of years on all of the properties which were provided All the car washes were in one and then the the self-storage was in another one. So this portfolio has been completely managed by the actual owner. So there were no expenses on the management because the owner was managing himself. He was not counting his time as an expense. And that is a huge thing that is incredibly important, obviously, to uh, make sure that you add into your expenses, your financial calculations, because you're going to have to hire people to manage these properties for you. I started to understand how long does it take uh, to manage the car washes, because uh, I have no idea about anything related to car washes. And the owner owned these properties for the last 30 years, and he was retiring. So that is why they were selling. 
after getting all this information, I decided to make an offer and that was uh, early December and it took quite a while to get a response back. It took about a month and I was following up with the agent. The seller was exploring, potentially doing some seller financing and then the holidays hit and then unfortunately something happened where a family member of the owner passed away. So that took another month and I still did not get a response from them. However, I was having a conversation with the real estate agent throughout that time, every week or every two weeks or so. I had to figure out how much it would cost to have a manager on site and what were their duties going to be. And I have to say that I was not doing this alone. I definitely was having calls with my self-storage mentor and making sure that I didn't forget to ask for anything. And also, in hindsight, I should have gotten a car wash mentor. Hello, I have <laughs> no idea about anything related to car washes and uh, definitely should have gotten someone to guide me through more questions that I should be asking and also what it would entail to manage and operate car washes. And so we ended up finding somebody that agreed to manage the properties and that was already March 2nd. And then we wanted to make sure that the manager met with the owner to see what exactly entailed and make sure that he could do the job of managing all the properties. All of that also took, you know, a few more weeks of back and forth. And then COVID hit. <laughs> On March 19th, <laughs> I send a follow-up and the agent is saying, everything is, is, is crazy over here. The governor just shut everything down in the state, schools, restaurants, bars, gyms, etc., etc. And so I had to take a step back because I had no idea where COVID was going to take the properties, but I was still talking to them. And then I went quiet for about a month and a half and I reached out again to the agent on May 22nd. I said, let's, uh, we want to put an offer in. Obviously our offer was lower because again, we had no idea where COVID was taking it. And before that, I asked for an updated performance on the numbers. He sent me the income from January through May, and that was a little bit less than the year before. And so I had to decrease my initial offer from December that they never responded to. And also because of COVID, because up until today, we don't know how this is going to affect the income of the properties. And we finally heard back from the seller on August 7th and we went into contract. And mind you, I was following up all the way up until then, almost every week, and they were just taking a little bit of time to respond. The seller tried to sell to someone local because it was his baby and he wanted to make sure that it would be well taken care of. And little did he know that it would be me taking over and <laughs> I would be taking very good care of it. 
But anyway, it took a long time because of the several things that happened in between. And I have to say that it definitely was a lot of persistence in terms of following up. You have to always, always, always follow up. This is something that I learned in my sales career. So few people follow up. And if you do, you definitely shine. And that's not only when buying, it's in every single area of life. So we went in contract with a 45-day due diligence period and then a 30-day financing period starting after the due diligence period was over. And we agreed to have the seller take care of the phase one reports because car washes are definitely a high-risk type of property for having soil contamination. And I cannot iterate this enough. You must order phase one reports for every single commercial property that you buy, no matter what, if it's retail, industrial, office, or anything, especially gas stations, especially laundromats, because these are so easy to get contaminated, for the soil to be contaminated. And even if your property is near a car wash, it's near a gas station or a laundromat, the chances of it being contaminated could be high. And even if it's not near any of these, you still need to order because if it is contaminated, it can cost you a huge amount of money to get that land decontaminated and the city will make sure that you do that. And no buyer will ever buy a contaminated property. So this is a huge, a very, very important step that I want to make sure that I iterate this. And I spoke about this before. And I want to make sure that you guys do not forget this very, very important step. So the phase one reports came clean for all properties. We then put every single important date on the calendar in order for us not to miss anything and also reminders for every single item that was due and when we asked for recommendations for a local real estate attorney that could review the title report and the surveys and that is also very very important because there are things that can be missed and it, there are things that are always missed <laughs> that the attorney does end up catching. I also asked for recommendations for local lenders, and local lenders have been proven to always show up and be a lot more helpful and open to lending to you. They know the area, they know the tenants, and they want their area to thrive and I have had a lot of success with local lenders. So we started applying for loans, got the attorney to review the surveys, and um, we at that point had to ask for updated profit and loss statements uh, up until August because the contract took a long time to get agreed on and we wanted to make sure that the numbers were still in line with what was shown to us before. We had to get the uh, tax return for 2019. And then because this is an all cash business for the car washes and I was going to be managing it from far, I had to start exploring 
putting credit card machines in these car washes, which turned out to be quite, <laughs> quite an ordeal. This is not the ordeal yet. I'm going to talk about the ordeal of the credit cards uh, in another episode. But we basically had to understand what every single controller looked like, what every single bay looked like. There were some doors that were different. So the person who would be installing the credit cards had to order new doors and these doors were not even manufactured. So they had to be special ordered. It was <laughs> quite a ride. And mind you, I did not even go to see the property personally. I felt like I did not need to see the property personally because I had a few people doing that for me. And throughout the entire due diligence and financing process, I was literally doing every person's job. And by that, I mean that I had to follow up with every single person. Otherwise, things would not have gotten done. I'm just going to give you guys a few examples so you have an idea of how important again following up and also making sure that you don't forget to follow up so taking notes and knowing what you need to follow up on because you think that people are going to be responsible for doing their jobs and a lot of times that does not happen and so when you send something and you cross that off your to-do list do not expect that to be done. <laughs> you cannot cross that off your to-do list because a lot of times they will say, oh, I didn't see your email or they got the information wrong or they would just not respond to you. So here are some examples. I had to get quotes for putting internet in all of the car washes for not only the credit cards, but also for the cameras that I was going to be installing. And it turned out that for all of the car washes, I had to get a different internet provider because not a single one of them could provide service in more than one car wash. They just did not have service in the other properties areas. That probably took three full days worth of work to find the best internet provider for every single location. I searched for the best provider for the self-storage facility. They did not have a website and they were sending out paper invoices to all of the renters. So I had to get someone to have a website for us and also to be able to accept rent, accept credit cards, and also have people be able to lease things online. And I found this very, very young startup that fit every single need that we needed for the property. And because they were so young, I really had to beg for them to take me as a customer. And that took a lot of following up. I said, guys, I'm with you. I know this, you know, I know it's not going to be perfect, but I really think we can be a very good first few customers. So let's get this going. And we got them to agree to that. I had to follow up with a guy that agreed to be a property manager and was not even responding to my phone calls. I had to follow up with the insurance company. 
I wanted to continue working with the same insurance that was the provider for the previous owner because it was a good price and that insurance provider already had all of the information for the car washes and after three weeks of not getting a quote and also following up with the agent she tells me whoops the underwriter thought this was a renewal and sent it to the wrong person in the office and this was one week before closing <laughs> so i started googling for highly rated insurance providers in that whole area and above and beyond and i started getting quotes from everybody that i could get my hands on and so i got a quote that was the closest to what the previous owner had but on the quote it was unclear who the actual insurance provider was and after seeing some horror story documentaries about insurance companies being created in mexico and never <laughs> paying things out, I asked the insurance agent to guarantee that that was a good insurance. And then he pulled up a report that is a standard report in the insurance world, and they were rated A++. So this was a legit insurance provider. So I decided to go forward with that one. And we literally agreed to get that insurance started on the day of closing. In the next episode, I'm going to talk about how the lending went. It was definitely not a straight line and there were some surprises along the way. Not good surprises, <laughs> but things that we had to deal with. I will also talk about how we structured the LLCs and I will go into a deep dive into what happened after closing, which it's going to be quite an entertaining episode. And as always, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to our newsletter on our website, montecarlorei.com. I hope this has been useful for you guys, and I will see you next time.